and i'm back welcome back to the podcast this is your host jc it's been a while since i've uploaded a podcast but that's because i've been busy with work and school stuff and also bought new equipment for uh, to make the podcast audio sound better however i still don't figure out how to use the equipment and i'm also trying to figure out a website where i could edit the audio and, and do all of that kind of stuff but right now i'm recording this podcast through my phone and i hope that um it comes out great however um i know there's going to be background uh, noises and sounds and buzz but please bear with me i am recording this through my phone but i think the important thing about this episode is that is the information that i'm going to be presenting to you and in my previous podcast i was talking about Ted Gunderson, a man who was an FBI agent, and he took many cases. He was a part of many cases that involved uh, pedophilia and and Satanism and um, sacrifices and those those sorts those sorts of things. And I suggested many people to go on YouTube and search Ted Gunderson, so you guys could have uh, more. Um, a fully lecture by him explaining the cases that he took part in since the only thing I did was took the case a little bit and just gave the main points but he goes more into detail about the case and and he gives evidence to support his claims and I say now that Jeffrey Epstein got arrested I believe in 2019 I'd say that it's fair enough to believe Ted Gunderson that he was actually telling the truth that there are people in the US that are involved in pedophilia and Satanism that leads to Washington DC and and it leads to famous people actually and rich people that are involved in this. And Ted Gunderson came to the conclusion of saying, well, why why are these things happening? in the U.S., which is supposed to be the first world of free country. And so one man came up to him during one of his lectures and told him, you want to know what it's all about? And he hands him a book. And the book that he hands to him is called Palms in the Game by William Guy Carr. And William Guy Carr was a Canadian um, Navy um, admiral, I believe. He was an officer for the Navy. And William Guy Carr was active during World War One, and then um, he he became he got an interest on what was going on in the world stage, and then he did his research about the Illuminati, and in 1954 I want to say is when he published the book Pawns in a Game, and he doesn't give you a history of the Illuminati. It, the book is not solely focused on them. The book focuses on the plan, how the plan is being evolved, and who are the, the pieces in play. And the book talks more about communism, Zionism, central banking, policy. And at the end of the book, he gives a solution in which you could agree or disagree on him. But I do suggest people to go buy his book if you want to buy it online or if you want to get the audiobook in the app store Uh, either way it gives you the same information 
But it all starts, the book starts with this. Uh, Adam Weishoff. Adam Weishoff, professor of civil law and canon law at English Star University. He defected from Christianity and embraced the Luciferian ideology. In 1773, the moneylenders who organized the House of Rothschild retained him to revise the age-old conspiracy protocol to give the synagogue of Satan ultimate world domination. So they can impose the Luciferian ideology. Weishoff completed the task in May 1st, 1776. The plan was to destroy world governments and religions by dividing the masses on political race, and social issues. In 1776, he ordered the Illuminati to execute the plan. Illuminati derives from Lucifer, which means holders of the light. Weishoff required the Illuminati to use plans to complete his goals, which was, number one, use monetary and sex bribery to gain control of people already occupying positions in high places in government and other fields. Number two, Illuminati and the faculties of universities were to recommend students possessing exceptional mental ability belonging to well-bred families with international leanings for special training in internationalism. They were indoctrinating and believing that a one-world government could put an end to wars. Number three, influential people trapped into coming in the control of the Illuminati and students who have been specially trained were to be used as agents and placed behind the scenes of all governments as experts and specialists so that they can advise the top executives to adopt policies which in the long run serve the secret plan of the one rulers. Number four, control the press and all the media. And these are just some of the few steps that the Illuminati were gonna do in order to infiltrate themselves in high places within government, banking, universities. The book actually gives a, I believe it was 26 steps or 26 or 28 steps on how the Illuminati were going to conquer the world and push forward this new world order. And the conspiracy was actually called the World Revolutionary Conspiracy. And nowadays it's just called the the one world conspiracy. But some of the other steps that they were going to include was to promote sex and drugs to uh, the people because you needed vulnerable people in order to be able to sneak in your, your policies and ideas. And if you look at the state of Oregon right now, they want to legalize, well, they already legalized hardcore drugs like cocaine, uh, crystal, all of that stuff. They're already legalizing. And the point or the the thing that I want to be aware is why, what, what benefit, what social benefits does legalizing drugs make on society? And of course, it's none. In fact, it's just going to make people's life more worse. And the argument is because, well, it's my body. I get to choose whatever I want to put on it, which is a valid argument. But... Uh, that's still not a reasonable cause to legalize drugs. But if you look at William Guy Carr on his on what on he on whatever he found out about the Illuminati and the plan, it kind of makes sense now why they want to legalize drugs. They want people to 
be distracted from what's going on in reality. And also when it comes to TV shows, and I'm not saying that watching TV is bad or watching a comedy um, special on TV and just for laughter is, is bad. What I'm saying is uh, remember that we're living in a world where we can't slip on the policies that politicians are trying to make. We need to stay focused and not be uh, not be distracted from our surroundings. We have to be aware of what our politicians are doing in Congress. They were also going to reduce world population in of the Americas. Also in Europe, many lives were taken. But since war isn't being successful right now, I believe that they're going to do it now through disease and all of those kinds of things. And that's why when it comes to coronavirus, even though I've been keeping up with what is going on, I've been keeping up with the news, uh, I do believe that the virus was actually meant, it was, it was man-made on a lab. And the only sole purpose was to reduce world population. And that's pretty much what everybody thinks. And I also think it was uh, revenge from China because, of course, uh, Trump's policies were affecting China's economy, and China wanted he didn't they didn't want to just stay on, stay on the ground with their arms crossed. They they wanted to retaliate, and that's why I believe the virus was was sent out from China. But regardless, the Illuminati have been responsible for world revolutions. If the book also talks about the American Revolution, it talks about the French Revolution, and those were caused by the Illuminati. And in the way they, what benefits the Illuminati is division. Like I said earlier, their plan was to divide governments and religions by confusing the, the masses, the masses being us. Just like what's happening right now in the U.S. and in the world. We have a large division when it comes to race. They're promoting uh, ideas that America is a racist country or white people are racist. And there's people that are on both sides of the specter. So right now we're divided. And when you, when you are divided, you're easier to, to conquer. You're, you're, you're easier to be attacked. And that's something that the Illuminati have been doing throughout the years. In fact, right now we have many wars in the Middle East. We, had, we just had a, a Middle East, not crisis, but a Middle East potential war when it came to Israel and, and Palestine. So all of this division and, and world ideas and division ideas have been created by the, the Illuminati. And I don't believe the Illuminati right now are called Illuminati. They probably go by a different name. But regardless, the plan still exists. And in 1785, the Bavarian government discovered the Illuminati and went to their lounges and retrieve all the information that the Illuminati had, like their, their plan. And in 1786, they published the documents and made it public for the people to see what the Illuminati were up to. So if you look from the years 1776 to 1785, that is approximately around eight, maybe eight, eight, eight from eight to ten years. And those years are actually, that's a long time to actually get infiltrated into the 
government and to universities and all of that. And the point of the Illuminati, their goal was to recruit people that were rich or already had positions in government or to get close to people that had high positions in government and become their advisors. That way they could still push the policies even though if they're not in charge. And in 1791, Harvard University of Harvard uh, president David Patman, he warned the graduating class of 1791 that the Illuminati had already infiltrated themselves in in the university and in the government. So the plan still continued, even though they were outlawed in 1785. And of course, if you look in today's time, you 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 clearly see that they're being involved. And what many people don't know is that actually many presidents, many U.S. presidents, were are known to be in were known to be in secret cults, like George W. Bush. He was part of the Skull and Bones secret society at his respective years at Yale University. Also, Ronald Reagan, Richard Nixon is a Bohemian. Many U.S. presidents and officials have been part of the of secret society. And if you look at the reasons why they're in those, like, for example, the military industrial complex, which is the trilateral commission made by the Rockefeller. I think it was David Rockefeller, the one who made the trilateral commission. And in order to join that, it has to be a direct order from them. It's not like anybody can join. You just sign up and join. It has to be, you have to be invited by them. And the excuse people say, well, what do politicians, bankers, what do they do? You know, what do they gather? What do they talk about in there? And they're just going to give you, oh, yeah, we just talk about foreign policy. But even if they do talk about foreign policy, they're still having, making a plan into leading us into a new world order. To this one world. And, And if you look right now in the country, how how would you promote a one world uh society how do you convince people to knock down their borders and and everybody becomes one one government one currency and the way you do it is through promoting anti-racism and well in the first I do want to say that racism is bad but the point is that they're going to use that in order to convince the people to say, wouldn't it be great for us to live in a society where everybody's equal, where everybody's the same, where everybody could travel wherever they want, where, where you don't need a passport, you don't need none of that. All you have to do is, just, it's like a human right. You get to go anywhere because you're human and the earth belongs to everybody. And that's what they're going to push. And you're seeing that they're pushing that. They're seeing that they're pushing that idea. And sooner or later, when it comes to each country, each country is not going to have a border. Everybody's going to be uh, together. And to some people, that may, may be a good thing. But at the end of the day, it, it's good to have differences. It's good to have unique differences of every culture. I'm pretty sure everybody should have a place where they say, this is my people. This is where I belong. This is who we are. And I'm different from that, that group. And I'm different from the other group. And then besides, if you have a one world government well then you're not free right now we do have the the liberty that okay if things are not working in this country we could we could always seek asylum on another country where it's it's more prosperous where it's more uh more free you have that choice to at least go to a different 
country and, and live a free life. But then if you just make everything whole, well, where are you going to run to? Mars or a different planet? So that, that's, many, that's something that many people don't think about. And that some, it, it should be worrying everybody that you don't have any, any other place to go if they create this one world order. But I do recommend people to read this book. This was just a sneak peek of what the book is about. And do your own research. I always tell that everybody. If you're going to believe something, make sure you are able to defend your argument. And many people want to label William Guy Carr as a, let's say, conspiracy theorist. And that book, Pawns in the Game, would have been considered a conspiracy back when it came out in 1954. But now when you see the present times and that that book was actually a warning, now you're starting to pay attention to what, are, what is happening. And some people may say, why, why weren't we told any of this? Why weren't we warned? Well, you guys were warned, but most of you consider it to be crazy talk. And in 1958, on mysterious reasons, Willem Guy Carr died. And most of us believe that he knew too much, so he had to be gone. And that's what happens to many people that, that know too much. Uh, even the book explains that during the French Revolution, some politicians that were involved in the Illuminati, and then they were going to expose them, ended up dying. And the excuse you give to to kill because you're not going to just kill somebody famous, right? You're, not, you're just not going to like, oh, we got to make him disappear. You got to make it, you got to make a reason for their disappearance. You know, they're going to make a reason for why they're going to. And then they were actually charged with crimes against the country and stuff like that. So that's how they were able to execute them. But William Guy Carr died in 1958 under mysterious circumstances. And also uh, Ted Gunderson, he passed away already. And uh, I believe in 2016, Ted Gunderson passed away. But it's been, he passed away in the 20th century. Uh, and also he, he died of mysterious causes too. So people that have been exposing the government and the plan have been, uh, you know, they've been, they've been taken care of by whoever the New World Order name is. But anyway, that's the podcast for today. I hope you enjoyed this small information that I gave, and I do recommend people to buy the book. And you, you may also ask, well, in, okay, you know this information. Well, what are we going to do about it? And the thing is, you, you could give a message to, uh, let's say, 100 people, but only 10 of them will take it serious, and only, only one person is willing to do something about it. So when you have those odds, those, that ratio of only one person out of 100 doing something, and you're kind of not in a good position to start. But the good thing is that you need to inform people of what's going on and so they can be aware. And at least with, with time coming, we could change this idea, this movement.